my mantra growing up was always never give up, right. never give up. Um, the tattoo I have in my arm, it's the second book of Chronicles, chapter 15, verse seven, which is, but as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. And I got that um, from my grandpa because that's who he had that quote and that mantra and where I got it from. Thank you all for tuning into the Harvester Sports Podcast. I'm Noah. I'm Austin. I'm Tyler. There you go. He was muted for sure, but <laughs> but, but but Tyler's behind the camera. Uh, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Thank you so much for joining us, for flying out just to be on this podcast. Exactly. Yes. It's the only reason <laughs> I got my did. flight is in two hours. So came in about two hours ago and I'm leaving. Exactly. In He's in and out really yeah. quick. Yeah. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I actually wanted to start off with a, a real hard-hitting question. Oh, yeah. uh, in last year's season, the Citrus Bowl, mm -hmm. after you guys scored the game-winning touchdown, or basically game-winning touchdown, right, on that handoff, you hit the gritty in the end zone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, I tried to. I tried to. <laughs> so I want to know, was that gritty, was that premeditated? Was that spur of the moment? Had you been practicing, so, working on the form? We played LSU, obviously, who they made the gritty what it is now yeah or at least louisiana and that so we had a one of our tackles who transferred from lsu um he was hitting the gritty during the game and i was i wanted to but i didn't have it down quite yet so i wanted to give myself a few more weeks of practice before i broke it out and i still botched it and it was just still terrible <laughs> but um but no it's a it's a funny video if, if, you, if you've seen it and um i don't know why i did it but it, it was it was just in the moment and when when you have those games and those moments like that, some, sometimes just something comes over. And you the just gritty just comes like out. Yeah, the gritty <laughs> just comes out. The gritty you don't have to plan it. It just pops out in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was worried because we were, I was watching the video. I was like, okay, it was pretty clean. Because I know people were flaming Mac Jones gritty in the Pro Bowl last year. His was clean. Max was yeah, better I, than I, mine. His was pretty good. He, got, was he got good range no, of motion got, on it, the, too. Yeah, you got to make sure that the arms are. And you scored on yours. His was, he didn't even score. He took yeah. off for no reason. Yeah, well, I didn't, but the team did. So. Well, you handed off well. Yes. I had a part of it, for sure. So I wanted to ask. Because we're talking about just had the draft this last year. Um, you could have gone to the draft this last year if you wanted to, uh, but made the decision to come back, play another year at Kentucky. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what went into that decision? Um, because I know for a lot of guys, once you're told, like, you could go to the NFL this year, mm -hmm. that's really tempting. Yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, it, it really wasn't something I was thinking about until after the season. And that's when I was just trying to gather as much information as I can. You want to make an educated decision because it's a business decision. And once you make that decision, you can't go back really. So, I mean, for me, it was mostly just like what I thought I can improve as, as a player at this level before I got to the next. This was my first year starting and really having um, comfort playing the quarterback position at this level. And I really wasn't um, really comfortable till maybe halfway through the season. So, I mean, mm -hmm. with only six or seven games of having that comfort, I feel like just one more season could have really done me well. And just from the feedback from what I heard about where I was projected and all of that, I just thought if I came back and played well again, then I'd have a shot of uh, being kind of where I want to be in the draft. So that's what it came to. And where so, you feel like you more belong in the draft. Like you yeah, want to, yeah. 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 So like you're, if you feel like your game is kind of trending upwards, it's like, why would I yeah. not yeah, go why would to you the draft that sure, Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. So did you pay attention much to like talk about how strong or how weak the QB draft class is of where you're going in relation to other guys? Or is it more just like, where you're at with your own game, what feels right for well, you. Yeah, that definitely had a, had a play into it. And 
I know that the narrative was that that draft class was supposedly supposed to be pretty weak, and that made me a little bit take the decision a little more seriously in that I, mm-hmm. I really was thinking about declaring. But again, just kind of came down to where I was as a player. And uh, just regardless of who I'm competing with, I'm just focusing on myself. And uh, yeah. You mm-hmm. just had to control what you can control. Control right? what you can control. Control exactly. the controllables. That's some, I live by that. So. Yeah. Well, and also that put you in a situation where throughout the season, uh, you're really saying you're really just focusing on like that season, yeah. not not focusing on looking towards the draft, but yeah. to have that last year to just ball out and focus mm-hmm. on that. Yes. And did you always think like Kentucky was the place where you were going to like shine at? Like what went into that choice? Yeah, that's that was a very really tough choice for me. Uh, if you guys don't know, I spent my first three years playing football at Penn State. And right. that's where I decided to go from out of high school and had an absolutely amazing time there. Developed so much as a player. And we just kind of put in a weird situation kind of with obviously only one quarterback plays. And mm-hmm. I was able to get in and, and play in a role um, with the offense that I was, I was happy with. And I want to make sure that I can do anything I can to help the team win, but I want to play quarterback. I want to be a starting quarterback. And I think that uh, traditionally guys need or have had two years of starting before they declare. Mm-hmm. And with the situation I was in, it looked like there was a possibility that I really only get one year guaranteed starting there. Yeah. So I kind of grinded my classes a, a kind of a, it was funny because a year before I actually transferred, I had the thought in my mind that I might, want to transfer and that 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 was pre-transfer portal that was before mm. the transfer portal even was a thing and before then you had to be a graduate to be able to be immediately eligible to, mm. to play so i was like dang like i don't know if i want to leave but if i do want to leave i want to make sure i'm eligible so i was stacking up on classes i was taking <laughs> like 18 credits a semester like 20 in the summers just like making sure i can graduate in three years and luckily it all came together and after that last season, I played at Penn State, spent a lot of time talking to my parents and coaches and all that. And just, again, trying to make the most educated decision I could and just came to the decision that to get to where I ultimately wanted to go, that was the best path for me. And uh, Kentucky, when I hit the tra- when I hit the transfer portal, because it was a thing at that point, a yeah. year later, um, they were one of the first teams that came calling. I already had a relationship with the offensive coordinator at the time, Liam Cohen, who's now the OC with the Rams. Mm. And um, he recruited me a little bit out of high school. When I was getting recruited, I grew up in Connecticut. So obviously the, the hotbed of football in the country, right? You know, like, <laughs> no, so I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was not very highly recruited. And uh, so I was in the beginning of my process, I was looking at schools like um, the Patriot League, Ivy League. And like University of Maine, which is where Coach Cohen was at the time. So mm-hmm. when he was recruiting me, obviously didn't end up going there. But when I hit the portal, he remembered me and um, obviously thought that I had what it take to be a starting quarterback for his program. And talked to a couple other schools, but really just with Kentucky being in the SEC, playing against yeah. such a good schedule, I thought it just gave me an opportunity to kind of prove myself and show that I can be a quarterback at this level and the next level. So it worked out. Yeah. It's, it's so, you, worked out. so playing in the SEC, you didn't look at as... Because I know a lot of guys would probably be like, well, playing Bama, playing Tennessee, playing Georgia, all these tough schools. Yeah. It's like, that's terrifying. But you're saying it, like, it. gives you an opportunity bring to yeah, play against it. those big guys yeah. and show yeah. you can beat them. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You can never have people asking those questions like, oh, look at the talent that he's played against when you play in college, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and being able to, to play in the Big Ten, too, which is also a great conference with some great teams. It was cool to kind of see the differences and the defenses on – in the Big Ten versus the SEC and just um, the speed of the game. Not People always assume like SEC is like so much faster and everything. I'd say it's a um, little bit faster, but um, 
yeah, there's, it definitely just put me in a position to give myself the hardest challenge so that if I do overcome it, then nobody can make that excuse, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, when you were at Penn State, so your first year there, were you there in the same QB room as Trace McSorley? Yes, yes. I got there. The greatest of all time. I got yeah, there. I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of the song about him. Oh, yeah. Trace that. McSorley. All, all the lore. <laughs> Throw it on a dime. Yeah. So this is a funny story, actually. I was with Trace. Um, we were in Avalon, New Jersey, which is a um, beach town in the Jersey Shore. And I was spending some time out there with my girlfriend. And he was there, too, with his family. And we went out one night. We were just hanging out. It was me, him, and uh, Mike Kosicki. And, oh, yeah. and there's a DJ at the bar and I, and I went up to him and I said, Hey, you know who that is right there? Trace McSorley. Yeah. Play the song. He didn't play the song, but it, it, that was funny. Every time that I see a TikTok or something with that on my page, I'll send it to him and he, I don't think he likes it, but, but no, well, Trace I, was great. Yeah. I got there. I was I, going to from high school to college, I wasn't going to go somewhere where like, Hey, like when can I start as early as possible? I just wanted to go to a school that was going to give me a good education, a good social mm -hmm. life and a great football experience. So when I got there, I was like the fifth quarterback on the jet depth chart. It was, there was Trace McSorley there, Tommy Stevens, Jake Zembeck, Sean Clifford, who's there now and myself. So just a great room with a lot of great, just athletes, people and, uh, and quarterbacks. And I was able to learn a lot from them and Trace's taught me really how to be a leader and just how to be a good teammate and for that i'll always be thankful for and that's cool to see that like you were also focused on like stuff outside of football like getting your education and stuff yeah. a lot of times we talk to athletes and they're like this is like the one thing i'm focusing on and they're going all the way but it's it's good to see that you were kind of focused on after football and stuff too yeah for sure i always i mean football is not forever yeah even if you play 20 years in the nfl you're gonna have to do something afterwards. So mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I took advantage of my education and the connections available at the business school at Penn State and just being, having the biggest alumni base in the country. Yeah. Like, what more could you ask for for that? So I took advantage of it and got my degree. And uh, I will say, once I got to Kentucky, kind of took my gas, took my foot off the gas a little bit with the <laughs> academics. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> and uh, just being able to focus on football a lot more and not taking as many classes, um, doing a master's degree now. So I only had to take nine credits, which is cool. And uh, yeah, just- And that's being, in yeah. finance, right? Finance, that, yep. Big numbers guy? Big numbers guy, <laughs> yeah. Big numbers guy. I was looking at, looking at these numbers over here. Hey. I was just, trying, to get, <laughs> trying to see if I remember how to do any of that stuff. But I need, I need a refresher, but- um. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe somebody out there will write a uh, a Will Levis song. Just like, yeah. I don't know. It might I don't be know tied. if it, I don't know if the name works quite as well with, as Tra Trace McSorley. Really, yeah, my name doesn't flow. Works well in the yeah, song. I don't know. I was thinking about too. I was I was thinking I was like listening to like some like hip hop on the way over here, and um, I was listening to uh, my my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy Kanye, mm -hmm. and like one of the songs he name drops Matt Leinert, uh -huh. and I was like, oh, dude, like. When am I gonna be in a rap yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be <laughs> and I was thinking, like, what rhymes could you make with my name? And it was like very limited. And I, it was like, I need a Mo Bamba. I think yeah. <laughs> they always make it work. Like even Kanye is always mispronouncing words to make rhymes work and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm sure Eminem can rhyme orange with banana. You should. Yeah, <laughs> we can fit his name in a song. Exactly. That's how you know you've made it is when they're yeah. when you're in a rap song. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're the name of the song, it's even better. Like, uh, going back a little bit to college, I don't think a lot of people talk about how difficult it is to balance that, like doing school and also like trying to go to the next level. Like, it, was that really tough for you? It's just, I mean, it, it teaches you how to be a man. It teaches you how to have discipline and just time management skills are the number one thing that I think 
student athletes realize um, that is so important when you get to college and it's even more important when you get to the next level. So having the right mindset and just knowing what you have to do and when you have to do it. Uh, school is not an option. You got to do it whether you like it or not. And yeah. you got to knock out your homework. You got to you got to study for your exams. You got to stay eligible. So that's just a great lesson that I think every college athlete has benefited from and being able to balance academics and athletics as, as well as we're still college students. Like we want to have a good time. We want to, exactly. we want to make friends and we want to make connections and have a good social life while we're there. So it's just finding that right mix. And every, some guys might have different mixes, but mm -hmm. you got to find what's right for you and make sure that you have time and that you can make it happen. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I also wanted to talk about now that NCAA has changed the rules regarding name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Uh, you've taken advantage of that with, also, I, you're real active on social media with TikTok and all that stuff. But yeah. um, I want to talk about your horse deal. So yeah, could yeah, you yeah. explain exactly <laughs> what that is? Because so basically you're partnered with a horse, right? Yes. So <laughs> your spirit animal. <laughs> yes. Yes. So ever since I got to Kentucky, obviously horse racing is huge there. Mm -hmm. And we the first thing I did, literally the first morning I was there with my family when I'm moving in, we, we toured the local racetrack called Keeneland beautiful if you guys are ever there you gotta you gotta go they race in April and October so maybe you guys come for a game and we'll go hit the track but, <laughs> yeah, definitely. but uh, I met one of the trainers there and kind of like was able to become a mentor of him and kind of study the industry and realize how fascinating it was and when I started kind of diving into the NIL space after the season I didn't really focus on it too much during the season I didn't want it to take away from my focus mm -hmm. and all of that and um, I knew that it was still going to be there afterwards. So mm -hmm. I, w I was working with a local group who have been able to help me, um, a local group in Lexington that have been able to help me a lot with NIL. And they were thinking of what's like a deal that is it's unique and is something that is going to get a lot of attention for both myself and for the for the company. We want to yeah. have a, a good, they want to see the the growth yeah, yeah the growth from from the project so we were thinking of kind of what what are the industries in kentucky that makes kentucky and we, th we thought of the bourbon industry mm -hmm. which obviously can't do a deal with anything related to like drugs or alcohol yeah. being a college athlete so that was out the window and then the horse racing industry was really tough too because of the gambling implications mm -hmm. so right. when going to compliance we're trying to figure out a way to possibly do something related to the industry that would still work within the bounds of compliance. And we were able to get approval to partner with a horse breeding farm. So not necessarily a trainer or a jockey or something uh -huh. like that, but the people who will pretty much have people pay to have their mares come in and, and breed with the, mm -hmm. the horses. And obviously that's where a lot of money is made. And we were looking through the catalog of the thoroughbreds and one of the names of the thoroughbreds was War of Will. And we were like, all right, well, that's the one. So that, okay, because that's what I wondered about yeah. was if that name came first and just yeah. worked out. No, or, people thought that they named the horse, horse after me. After like, you. no, that would be pretty yeah. cool. It just it just happened, and we we reached out to the farm, and they were, they were all for it. It's something that I don't even know if any athlete ever has done. I know it's, I'm the first college athlete that's done something mm -hmm. like that, but. Basically, I I am partnered with War of Will, yeah. and uh, I'm just here to promote the farm and to promote him for for his stud fee and for people to kind of come and and have him breed with their mare. So, I mean, 
essentially I'm selling sex, which is, <laughs> which is, which is not the best way to think about it. But NCAA is not as concerned about that as they are uh, bourbon or gambling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's been really cool to be involved with them. And I was able to go to the Kentucky Derby last weekend, which was just an unreal experience. And it's some horse racing is something I knew nothing about before I got there. Yeah, and now yeah. it's something that I'm going to follow for the rest of my life. So no, well, and that's something that, I mean, I've lived in California my whole life and that's, don't know that much about Kentucky, but I know yeah. horses are, yeah. that's a Kentucky thing. So <laughs> was that, uh, that Derby must've been pretty exciting, pretty yeah. crazy one to be at, right? It was really, really cool. I was there with a trainer who I had met when I was first there in, in Kentucky and watching, he had a couple horses running throughout the day and a couple in the main race as well at the end. So obviously I was racing, uh, rooting for those two and we're watching, we're watching and they're doing all right. They're doing all right. And then all of a sudden, Rich Strike comes, yeah, came out comes around nowhere. the bend. <laughs> that last stretch. 80 to 1 odds. <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there with uh, with Wandell Robinson, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, my receiver who just got drafted by the Giants. And, um, I mean, we, we weren't, like, betting too much. We put a little money here and there. And he just on a whim just, like, put, like, X amount on – on Rich Strike hey. and 80 to 1. So he's just going crazy and we're all just like freaking out. But it's such a cool experience. I mean, because you get to get just dressed to the absolute nines, yeah. like yeah. all the suits and just the pageantry of it all. It's it's a really cool event and I'm going to have to make it a trip every year now. Well, and the Derby, is a that's a dress code that you, not many occasions where you get a yeah. dress that, that type of fancy yeah. too. Yeah, and speaking of NIL, I was able to get a uh, – I, I had to go to a local – like um, suit shop to get measurements for a tux for this mm. event I had to go to. I've never owned a tux, never owned a suit in my entire life. And I told to do that. And, he, and we were talking about the Kentucky Derby and I was like, yeah, I'm actually gonna go. And he was like, well, I'd love to dress you. I'd love to do an NIL deal with you to get you a really nice Italian suit. And I'm like, yeah. I'm all for it. So he got me dressed up, Stuart Mercer, shout out my guy. Um, <laughs> I, I have no fashion sense whatsoever. So I told him to literally just have free reign and just make me look good. And he did a good job. So, yeah. because stuff like that, that wouldn't have been allowed before, right? Yeah, just no. saying like, I want to make you a suit no. or whatever. That's yeah. not like you, you hear the old stories about like the Ohio state Buckeyes back in the day. Like, I think they're getting like free tattoos or something. They got, yeah. a lot, mm -hmm. they got in a lot of trouble for that. And mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you go about it the right way and get apply or approval from compliance right now, stuff like that's possible, which is cool. Yeah. It opens up a lot of doors for college athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And also it, uh, arguably makes guys less likely to want to declare and move on early. Yeah. Because having those opportunities, you're not like, mm -hmm. all right, I want to get to the league, get a big yeah. paycheck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the wild, wild west right now. There's not a lot of regulations with it. And like, that's why you see these headlines about these players being offered X amount of money to transfer mm -hmm. to schools. And I think that in the next couple of years, there's going to be some kind of pullback and some more like strict guidelines on what's actually allowed. Because, you think they opened the gates a little too wide? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was kind of rushed. If you guys remember, it it was July 1st of last year was the first day that it was in, in action and when it was, it was completely federally legal across mm. the country. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know until a week before that. And, and we had heard murmurs and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I mean, obviously, if they do something like this, they're going to announce it and then put it into effect like a year later so they yeah. can, they can avoid stuff like this. But mm -hmm. no, it just... People just hit the ground running with it. And kind of because of that is why I kind of took a step back and I was like, wait, I'm going to let this kind of mature and kind of see yeah, not how it kind anything. of, exactly. I didn't want to jump in it right away. Obviously with the season coming up too, didn't want to put too much focus on it, but when done right, there's some really, really cool opportunities for, for the guys now and, and the girls now. And it, uh, it's, it's just a fun kind of time to be a part of.
And it's mm-hmm. kind of perfect. You staying for one more year, going to be just in time for NCAA to come back, dude. Yeah. You'll be right back. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be right yeah, back. Is that, it yeah. comes back. I think uh, next summer. So I no think way. Think so I would be. I'll be on the there. first. No, I'll mm-hmm. be dope. Yeah. I wonder what my overall would be. I guess <laughs> yeah. it depends on how I play this. <laughs> we, year, but. we were talking about this earlier because we've got like twelve of us that are in a, a Madden franchise oh, league where yeah. we play against each other, and uh, my that, my QB spot is up up in the air for a little bit right now, and you're going to be in our next draft class. Oh, so I don't know they do that. So they actually take like the. Well, you can download, download updated roster. He, he's download the commissioner, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he knows better than I yeah. do. I got but. you. I already know your overall, man. I'm Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm saying, yeah, no one take him. It's fine. Just leave yeah. him. Let, let him slip. Let him slip. Yeah. Right now, my uh, my QB is Sam Howell, who because okay. I'm a I'm a UNC guy. I love Sam Howell, but um, oh, what about man, the he recent is, headlines? He is god awful in Madden, though. He cannot throw the ball. Have you seen the recent headlines? Does that does that worry you? Uh, depending on what these headlines are. Uh, I guess uh, it came out that <laughs> oh, man, he, I'm concerned now. he only eats chicken. He's never had a burger or steak oh. or seafood in his entire life. I saw the love no for Sam drop yeah. in his eyes after you said that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I don't know if I can trust him after that. <laughs> that's a, no, Especially I've, coming from the South. He's not eating eating good barbecue down there, just I chicken. No, it must be some good chicken. That's Taylor Heineke might have to get that starting job again, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to start Taylor Heineke. He probably eats burgers, but... We, we might have to get you in a, a derby suit for the draft then, dude. You might have to go full on. If you're there oh, for it, yeah. you might have to walk out in the full. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the draft next year is in Kansas City, which like sucks because this year yeah. is Vegas and it's like Vegas the, the ultimate Kansas destination. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, obviously, if I'm in a position where uh, where I'm, I can be drafted that first night or second night, then maybe I'll be there and maybe just have to hit up my boy Stuart and get another nice suit, <laughs> yeah. suit doing so. So approaching this next season, because everybody's already doing, I mean, the season's still a long ways away and people are already doing mock drafts talking about, I know you said you probably try not to pay too much attention to that, but um, when there's all these high expectations for you kind of from a, a your personal game, um, how do you balance that with like what you want for your team going into the season versus also you want to have a good season on your own yeah. and uh, be ready for the draft and yep. stuff like that. It's all about the team. And I know that's the cliche answer, but it's, it's completely correct. It's the, the quote that sticks with me is with team success comes individual recognition. So if your focus is on the team and if the team has a good year, then all the stuff that you're looking for personally will just fall into place. And like we talked about, like control the controllables, focus it on yourself and not kind of listening to that outside noise. I'll admit, like it's cool, but I mean mm-hmm. that's the first, that's the only thought I think of, and then I just kind of just throw it away and kind of keep moving. But I mean, my my kind of goal and what I really just been trying to do this summer is just better myself and better the team, and just making sure that I can bring the guys along so that come fall camp, come game one, that we're in the best position to win as many games as possible. If, if you're a smart scout, that's what you should look for too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. a, a quarterback that cares about the team, I would think, is kind of a kind of an important quality to have in a leader. Yeah. But um, yeah. Wait, so do you guys, uh, you guys do some scouting of your own? Uh, you, yeah, we cool. do some scouting, man. Yeah. How did your How did your mock draft? Uh, Dude, it went downhill quick. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many QBs did you have in the first round? I had like three. I, I thought yeah. for sure Malik was gonna go. This is all the buzz the whole yeah. year. It's like Malik's gonna go to the Falcons. Malik's gonna go somewhere. Yep. And then they started slipping. I, I just felt bad because the dude was there, like sitting in. I'm like, it's that's the worst. So, yeah, yeah it's and the worst. Just, and they keep panning to him, like, stop oh, showing him, dude. Like, no. this is not a time. Yeah. My uh, my dad is super into mock drafts. He does them every year, usually through like the first first round or something like that. But uh, he's a big Raiders fan. Didn't have a first or second round pick this year. So this year, wow. to 
because of that, he did his mock draft all the way through like three rounds and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, it was as, as accurate as yeah. it could have been. The really, people but. who do all seven rounds, it's like when you get to oh, the yeah. third, it's like, what are you doing? Like, well, <laughs> this year, so many trades going on yeah, too. You never even yeah. know who's picking when or where, yeah. but it's madness. Some of these dudes are harsh. Like we were watching, we weren't watching it for a network, we're watching a different channel like towards the end of the draft and they're like oh this dude like he has a chance to make the roster i'm like these dudes are harsh on tv talking about these guys getting drafted it was weird it was like so like the first round is like they talk with like everyone like like, everyone's hyped up yeah um it was weird it was like the end of the round like the seventh round it's so weird how like for no reason they're just disrespecting the guys find out these guys yeah like saying he'll probably get cut and come back on practice squad yeah like like, let them enjoy the night i don't know why they do that it's (laughs) kind of weird it also like it shows the disconnect between like the media and the nfl and kind of like a lot of the times like these guys don't know what they're talking about and it's it's the only people who really know are the teams that are involved picking these people and as much as they might think they know like these teams have motives that nobody else could possibly ever know so it's yeah that's why like i just i mean you can't even pay attention to those mock drafts or anything and mm-hmm. just goes back to what i was saying well and i think that's why people people talk about like it's important to be able to take criticism or whatever but there's also like different types well, of criticism you the gotta criticism know who to take from. criticism exactly from. yeah if it's someone that you know that they have been in your shoes they know what they're talking about or they're kind of a coach or just someone who has seen the process go then yeah, that's someone that you can you can take that from. But if it's just some slap who doesn't know anything, yeah. never played the position, never you, you take it with a grain of salt yeah. for sure. Someone like, that's trying to get trying to get good ratings by yelling hot takes in yeah. your camera or whatever. Like, it, <laughs> work, it works though. I mean, keep, they, they got to keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, everybody's got to get their bag. <laughs> like Tom Brady signing with Fox. Like that's someone. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll listen to him. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm not going to listen to these other guys. But also, yeah. that's a insane deal he doesn't even know when he's gonna retire yet oh, to give the him when the, the headline yeah. it's when he retires like yeah, that's like, just like what a legend what a legend like, <laughs> i was telling you had a panic attack yeah i woke over. up saw on my phone tom brady signs 10-year yeah tom brady signs 10-year 370 million deal i thought it was, I thought it was like a, <laughs> yeah. like to play quarterback yeah. i was like he signed a 10-year extension at <laughs> he, 45 or whatever <laughs> he's uh i grew up in new england being I, all boston sports fans and oh, Patriots right. fans. So, i mean i idolized the guy growing up and i think one of my personal goals is for him to be still in the league when when yeah. I get there eventually, oh, yeah. and to kick his ass when I get there. So. <laughs> yeah, to outduel him. Yeah. No, but he's just he's the best, and uh, I can't wait to meet him. I hope I do someday, and he's definitely someone who I will be, just be locked in on anything mm-hmm. he says, taking notes, and because mm-hmm. that's just a conversation that's so valuable to anybody, really. And that's perfect. I know he doesn't say he doesn't look at these things, <laughs> but I'm a Giants fan. The Patriots-Giants rivalry, play with your boy Wandale and try to go beat the Bucks, man. Yeah, yeah. Those Patriots-Giants Super Bowls were not fun for me growing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So is Tom, um, from a stylistic standpoint, uh, what are the quarterbacks or guys that you kind of try to model your game after? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that how I throw the ball and how I effectively throw the ball. I don't really necessarily model it after anyone, but I more so will be like, this guy has a similar play style to me. I think Josh mm-hmm. Allen's the best best yeah. uh, comparison. And I think yeah. pro- that's probably the name that people will throw around when when the draft comes around. Yeah. But he's definitely one of my favorite players to watch. And I, I had the opportunity to meet him and talk to him and just pick his brain because of how similar we are. And the first question I asked him was, um, dude, like, 
how did you learn how to slide? Because I need to learn how to slide. <laughs> because you still see him. He's lowering his shoulders, getting those extra yards. But as a, as a quarterback and as as the face of the franchise, you gotta be you gotta be smart with when you're yeah. putting your body in jeopardy like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I still I have had the mindset when I, of playing football that I am a I'm a physical guy and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna take contact because I'm feel like I'm as big and strong as anyone on the defense, you know? So, yeah. I mean, obviously the guys are a lot bigger and stronger at the <laughs> yeah. next level. So, and, this, and even at this level, so I just got to be a little more careful and just keep an eye out for my body and know when to use my legs and mm-hmm. use my physicality when possible. Is that being sort of a dual threat quarterback and utilizing uh, the run game and also just kind of moving around in general, is yeah. that something that has always come natural to you just as an athlete, or is that mm-hmm. something that you really have to kind of focus on practicing and implementing that physicality? Yep. Yeah, so growing up, I didn't play quarterback till I think seventh or eighth grade, the seventh grade, mm-hmm. and I was always a running back, running back and linebacker. So that's where it comes from. I mean, I, growing up, that's kind of the type of game that I played. And when I moved to quarterback, I still had that kind of running back just mindset when I was playing. And then, funny enough, in high school, I, I rarely ran the ball, and it was mostly just because they didn't want me to get hurt and mm-hmm. all that. But I always, I always made sure that I was – training my speed, training my agility, training my strength. And that really took the next step when I got to college, just with the the training programs that they have, have set there. And, and yeah, and just being able to just improve myself as an athlete, because why not? I mean, what being faster isn't going to hurt you. Yeah, so, no, definitely yeah. not. And um, yeah, just always going to be something that I'm working on and continuing to improve on. So it wasn't something that you had to be like, oh, this is the way the league's trending. I need to mold my game after that. It was just like you as an athlete. Just this natural. is my style of a game. Yeah. Not yeah. trying to be the next Lamar Jackson. No. I'm not nearly as fast as him. But I, I <laughs> yeah. still do think that regardless of what offense you play in, there's going to be opportunities where the quarterback needs to take off and get those yards. So even though I might not be running – power read and stuff third and five there's no one open i need to be able to find a find a gap and go right yeah did you see that uh that video of joe burrow from his uh was his rookie year where he you know i'm talking about where he's mic'd up and was talking about how he didn't know how to slide just kept falling yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) no it was literally an art to it like we i mean we in practice we practice sliding we practice sliding we practice what i call grenading which is like kind of like the fall forward in going uh-huh. down. So yeah, yeah, you got to know the the yardage that you need when you can slide. Cause you know that, you know, the rule, like when you slide, it's when you start the slide, it's not mm-hmm. like when you land up. So it's like, sometimes the ball spotted like three yards behind where the guy ends up when he slides. That's how it should have been. Yeah, that, that's the Raider his, game uh, against the Jags. His yeah. uncle, Derek is the yeah. one that uh, made the, that a rule, right? Yeah. <laughs> For the last game in Oakland, he slid in the, he, he slid, slid out. out of bounds and the ref called it where his foot ended. And they, so the clock stopped. <laughs> Wild man! Wow. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of slide, the Kenny Pickett fake slide. Yeah. And yeah. When, when he did that, I was taking notes. I put it in the back pocket. I was ready to use it next year. And then, and then they made it said illegal. No, you're like, oh no, <laughs> the Kenny Pickett rule. No, but he's a legend for that. that was All those so hours in practice cool. that you spent practicing a fake slide down yeah, the I'd drain. Like to, I'd like to hear. I don't know if he's said anything to like press about it, but like how he, if he like planned that, you know, like yeah. if he practiced that because. How do you just think of that on the fly? You know? <laughs> Incredibly intelligent. I mean, if yeah. I got a guy running at me, I'm not thinking like, oh, yeah. oh I'm going to fake like I'm going down. I'm like, no, I'm getting out of this Because all the away. DBs <laughs> just gave up. Like, oh, he's yeah. down. And they just yeah. runs right past him. Like, all right, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. I mean, it's really smart, uh, smart play. But <laughs> Yeah. I know my dad 
in Houston, he had to run around all the time and, and learn how to slide. They brought in MLB guys to teach him how to slide. Really? Yeah, was that, they're like mm. trying to protect him as much as they can, even <laughs> though he was sacked a million times or whatever it was. Yeah. But he was like, this has got to happen so we don't, yeah. we're not dying everywhere. Yeah, I always just hated sliding too because usually it hurts more with the turf burn than getting hit. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's uh, you guys got a grass field in Kentucky, right? We have a turf. We have a turf. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know how many grass fields there are in the SEC. There's only a couple, but. Um, you have a strong opinion about sorry, turf no, versus. Mo it's mostly grass, actually. It's the opposite for Big Ten because I played on grass at Penn State. But, mm -hmm. but now I, it's turf. I like nice grass. If you can get a nice grass field, I feel like nothing beats it. And, That's what people always say. It's like yeah. nice grass over like bad grass and like turf and stuff like that. Yeah. They'd rather have good grass over just turf. There's like so many different kinds of turf fields too. Like there's mm -hmm. softer material, there's harder material, and obviously the harder material hurts more but you're faster on it you're like guys are like literally feel faster on the harder stuff so i guess it's just preference and kind of just whatever's what you're more comfortable with did you have a favorite nfl team growing up or no yeah i was a patriots fan growing up oh my bad we yeah. already talked about that yeah, yeah. that's bad yeah. so when you think about that stuff is there any teams like when you hear like we talked about earlier like the mock drafts and stuff like you don't have to say any names to you know get your name signed out of there but you ever see teams like really hope that doesn't happen yeah like, i mean they're, from talking to the agents and doing this process, a lot of their job is trying to get you to the best team possible mm. for your situation. And sometimes it's it's not going one overall. Sometimes it's not going two overall. But um, I'm just happy that anyone would be willing to have me on their team. And yeah. I just want to play football and I don't care where it is. Yeah. So how early did that process start where they start coming to you? Like it's like midway season. They start coming to be like, this is what it's looking like. These are what teams we've heard from. Yep, I, I don't know how that because my I didn't started I didn't start talking to the agents and stuff till maybe just like a few months ago. So mm. I, that's probably how it is throughout the season. I'm trying to decide who I signed with before so that I do just have that kind of one person that I yeah. can just have that connection with. But yeah, that's how I imagine it is, and mm. I, I I don't want to hear too much about kind of where they yeah. kind of have me throughout the season because mm -hmm. again, just trying to focus on the team and the the, the next game at hand. But uh, yeah, they have some, all those agents and all the people kind of with those ins have a lot of great connections that are able to give you a lot of useful information that will help you in any decision that you make. Is that when most guys start the draft prep is sort of before they're, I mean, I guess a lot of times guys don't know if they're declaring or not, but guys start prepping for the draft kind of their last season in college or? Well, we, the real draft prep process doesn't start till after the, the season. Okay. So you, you play your season and it's pretty much like the next day you go out to wherever you're training and you have those few months to just get your mind, body and soul right for the draft that comes up in, uh, in March. So yeah, that's, that's how the process works. Excited for that process? Excited to yeah. see it all through? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm mostly excited just because it'll be the first time in my life where I can literally just focus on football and just focus yeah. on getting right. my body right, not mm -hmm. having to deal with school, not having to, yeah. to deal with uh, any other outside noise. And the, the, the transformations that guys make in that, just that three-month period, both physically, mentally, mm -hmm. and emotionally – is is amazing and i'm looking forward to that it was before we we're trying to balance the school and everything but now it's just like here's your job like this is going to be your job now yeah you're a pro now i mean mm -hmm. that's that's why i like the summers too at college because you don't need to take you don't need to take classes and yeah. um i didn't take classes last summer so i could literally just kind of treat it like i am a pro so i was kind mm -hmm. of getting my priorities straight making sure my schedule's set and just treating my body like a like a well well-oiled machine you know and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's fun at what point did you kind of um not come to grips, but sort of realize that NFL, that, that football 
was or could be your future because obviously even now you're pursuing your master's degree uh really good student at penn state uh there's much more to will levis than football but at what point did you realize like that like this is my future right here football has always been my passion ever since i was a kid and there it, there was no other field that i wanted to make my career out of and it's been my my dream ever ever since i started playing and obviously when i started getting my first offers in high school i was like oh this is happening and then mm. When I started getting some reps at, at Penn State, I was like, oh, this is, this is a possibility. And then mm -hmm. the next step was when I got to Kentucky and I was playing, starting some games and playing pretty well. I was like, well, this is really a possibility now. And that's when <laughs> yeah. that's when it kind of settled in and I was like, wow, like as long as you know, I just keep working and trust the process and kind of what I've set up for myself, then it looks like that dream could, could come true. Yeah. What advice would you have for guys that are coming into situations like the situation that you first came into at Penn State that are maybe not highly recruited, but um, kind of quite a few spots down on that that uh, tier list. Like last week, we had uh, our boy Braden Waterman on who uh, plays quarterback. He just committed, committed to play at, um, Ole, Miss. at Ole Miss, but nice. he's coming in as one of those kind of lower on the totem pole quarterbacks as yeah. a young incoming guy. Yeah. What advice do you have for uh, guys in that situation that are let, kind of lower down let that motivate you man keep mm -hmm. that chip on your shoulder you know i think that you see a lot of guys in the draft every year they're like this kid was a two-star recruit out of high school and i think that that kind of edge that it gives them that kind of extra sense of motivation <clears throat> is what really drove their work ethic and made them have that drive to get them in that position so i mean everyone has their own own sense of motivation i know i know that that was definitely being i think the lowest rated guy in my entire recruiting class at penn state oh really that was that was my that was my drive you know i'm gonna go in there and show that i'm not just this low three-star guy i'm gonna show that i'm a five-star every day you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's the most about so, opportunity can, that stuff can be like so harsh it's like oh they're just straight grading me like out of stars like this is what they're putting my entire personality and skill based on little stars on my on this computer screen yeah it's it's crazy and i think that that is an industry where i just like can't even fathom to get into with yeah. just like looking at 15 16 year old exactly. kids yeah. trying, to, trying to tell them whether they're good or not like, to yeah. play the next wow. this guy was in pre-calculus like three hours yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. no. like he, he had a test today now he's <laughs> now you're rating him on how he yeah. performed on friday night and that's why i don't i don't i i think i could get into coaching when i'm older mm -hmm. but the only th the only turnoff for me as a college coach is the recruiting process and i know that a lot of guys uh that's they're kind of bread and butter and they love kind of being able to i think you get into high school coaching is what you're saying i don't know maybe it's uh, something but yeah um the recruiting thing just like i don't know if i can have the right mind to go and tell a 16 year old that he's the best thing in the world you know yeah, so, yeah. well that's true yeah. there's two sides of that coin telling a 16 year old that he sucks or telling him that he's great <laughs> they're both uh <laughs> yeah. one of them is brutal the other one's hard to live up yeah. to so yeah. kind of goes both ways have you thought much about because now you're you're already still kind of like not pre-football but your your story's just getting started or your career have you thought much about that uh that post post football stuff or um stuff outside of football because obviously you've uh gone to school got a lot else going on yeah i i think that there's a lot of avenues that i could see myself go down and um one of them i think just with my personality and my my just ability to communicate broadcasting is something that i think i could yeah. see myself get into mm -hmm. but with my finance background i think that another um job that is very very helpful in the football world because i think i want to stay connected to the football world for my whole life and mm -hmm. regardless of what avenue it is is to maybe get my my cfa and and become a personal financial advisor for for some of these athletes who 
just kind of need help understanding just how important money management is and mm -hmm. when they're seeing this kind of money for the first time in their life to make sure that it turns into generational wealth and it doesn't just go away. It's always wild to me to see, like, to think about like, these are like 22 year olds that they're just giving all this money to. It's just wild. These guys are so young. No, they go, you go from having zero dollars in your bank account to yeah. X amount the next day. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I always see those stats about like, whatever percent it is of guys that get their first paycheck and within however long it's kind like 50 percent of all it's wild players go broke eventually or something and i'd love to lower that number you know yeah, yeah. definitely uh, so you came from a long line of athletes right or there's a lot of athletes in your family i understand uh so you knew from a, a young age that you were a, an athlete yeah i mean <laughs> or, or was it just all genes <laughs> you got the right genes in your family i definitely did have the right genes i mean I, my, neither my parents are tall but i mean there's, there's got to be some reason why i'm as tall as I am and that's the physic that the height at least is something you can't teach so I'm grateful for that but no mm -hmm. my my grandfather's really the one that um instilled kind of my love for for sports and he was a football coach at Yale I grew up in Connecticut just 20 minutes from Yale my mom played soccer at Yale she was an all-american soccer player there my uncle played football there as well my dad played division three football in Ohio so football is just something that was just around me 24 seven growing up. But luckily I was in an environment where my, nothing was ever pushed on me by my parents. It yeah. was never like, Will, you have to be a quarterback. Like that is your only choice. They let mm -hmm. me play as many sports as I want, try as many activities and just figure out who I am as a person. And it just so happened that football is uh, what I wanted to do. So that probably made them a little happy. But <laughs> yeah. No, they, I, was, I grew up in a, an environment where I was just pushed and kind of just driven to be the athlete I am today. And I'm very thankful for that. Because you said that you didn't start playing quarterback till junior high, but before that, you, when did you start playing football? I, first? I, I think it may be like flag football, second, third grade, and <laughs> okay. started, started yeah. tackle football in fourth grade. And then, yeah, I was running back and quarterback got hurt. So played some wildcat quarterback and they were like, oh, this kid can throw the ball. Maybe he can actually be a quarterback. And mm -hmm. that's how it started. Yeah. Also before we're probably wrapping up soon, but our boy Jake over there is a big Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh, he, he forced me to say, because you did play with uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, Micah and I were in the same recruiting class. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Not yeah. not the same side of the football, but he wanted me to uh, ask you what you think. <laughs> Do you think he's good? <laughs> you, think, you, think that, you think that guy's got what it takes? <laughs> yeah, I think he needs a little more time to prove himself. But yeah. No, he's an absolute beast. From the, from the moment he stepped on on the field or not even in the, on the field, just in the weight room or in workouts, you were just like, this kid's different. Like mm -hmm. he's just, he's just wired differently. He is just built differently. And it's just this freakazoid athlete. And the biggest thing about Micah for me was that he, growing, going in and being a freshman in college, like all of us are like always a little immature and all of that, but mm -hmm. being able to see him grow as a person and grow as a man and to just mature and be the person he is now is, is I think, what has set him up for success in Dallas. And it was, I mean, he can just go out there and just wreck a play mm. whenever he wants. And there are very limited amount of people in the NFL that can do that. And for him to do that in his rookie year is insane. And I'm always rooting for him. It's my guy. And even though I'm not at Penn state anymore, I'm still mm. just so connected with all those dudes. And those, those are my guys for life. So I'm always rooting for anybody that I ever played with. Yeah. Do people ever think, cause all the times when somebody transfers, like uh, people that don't know much better think like, oh, there must have been bad blood or something. But most of the time, guys that transfer out, I always hear they're still boys with like everybody from that team. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure too that 
I was on good terms with the coaching staff and all of them before I left. I made sure that I sat down with Coach Franklin, obviously, when I decided to to hit the transfer portal. And he was very supportive of me. And it was, it was emotional because, I mean, I, I'd worked so hard. I had this goal of being a starting quarterback at this university and, and leading them to a national championship. And for me to kind of be like, that's not going to happen anymore, it made me feel like I was kind of giving up. And my mantra growing up was always never give up, right. never give up. Um, the tattoo I have in my arm, it's the second book of Chronicles, chapter 15, verse seven, which is, but as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. And I got that um, from my grandpa because that's who he had that quote and that mantra and where I got it from. And um, yeah, I think that that was tough for me because it was like, I, am I giving up? Am I, am, I, right. am I going against what I've known to kind of live by my whole life? But it's a business decision. You got to do what's best for you. And they, they all understand that. And I'm, I'm still very, have really good ties with the Penn state community, the coaches and all the players. So there's no bad blood whatsoever. Yeah. And I'd say, uh, transferring to the toughest division in football is hardly given up. Putting yourself in a tough situation there too. So. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. And, um, completely different topic uh how often do people ask you about your banana eating habits and has it gotten old yet it's got it's died down a <laughs> little it, bit and is it a down, habit it's died down a little bit it was a habit for a little bit when when it first came out but that was just such a wild thing that happened it was it <laughs> because was it was just a video of you eating a banana with the peel on right yeah it was a video of me eating a banana with the peel on i posted on tiktok just like whatever and nothing happened of it and then like a month later i think i I was named the starting quarterback for the team. Mm. And I think there was some like troll on Twitter, some like maybe like Tennessee <laughs> this, this fan you, or something. They're this like, oh, this, this is your quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And it completely backfired on me because it got me so much attention and so much love. So. But no, it was crazy. Like SEC Network, I think a couple weeks later, like they had like Tim Tebow, Laura Rutledge, and mm. Feinbaum and all of them eating uh -huh. the banana with the peel on. I'm like, <laughs> what have great. I done? Like, this is just <laughs> insane. But I've, uh, it's been a while since I've had one. Um, there's, I've been in a lot of situations like this with you guys where someone will be like, oh, well, I have one for you now to eat. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, like, <laughs> give it a rest. Is the most awkward thing ever to, to hand a man a banana and say, eat this yeah. on camera, please? The coolest <laughs> thing that came about it, though, was uh, the UK Banana Man crew. If you go mm -hmm. on Instagram, you'll find them. But there's this group of freshman students who go to every went to every football game and they all wore banana costumes. Oh, They're all, you can't miss them in the student <laughs> section every time. If you go back and watch the LSU game, one of the touchdowns I ran in and I'm pointing up to the, to the <laughs> pointing up to the stands and I'm pointing at the banana man. And it's, and it's been a thing. They, they went into all the basketball games too this year with the banana suits on. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So hopefully it's something that it's a tradition that you keeps could going. Get a thing going like uh, throwing Skittles on the field after Marshawn Lynch yeah. scored and start yeah. throwing bananas. Oh or my gosh. When he makes it to the NFL, he'll look him and just see all of us in full banana outfits. <laughs> But that's hilarious. Somebody that was like, all right, I need to find dirt, something I can roast this Will Levis guy about, trying to find a scandal or like, some, oh, something to criticize. <laughs> he eats weird banana. He eats bananas weird. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was getting ready for this. I was like, I, I can't ask him about the banana. He oh, probably no, gets I, asked about it all the oh, time. But I was like, well, we can't not ask like him about, about the banana. It. Uh, thank you so much for joining yeah, thank us. Thank you. It's Thanks been an absolute me. pleasure. You guys are awesome. Well, that's all we've got for you today. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed. We've got some guests lined up. Yes, sir. In these next few weeks. Some big episodes coming. 
Thank y'all for everything, man, for TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. It's all been going up, all thanks to you guys, man. Thank you for sticking around. Follow us on MySpace. <laughs>